Now some good worship. I like that last song, especially that Let It Be Jesus. Should I ever be abandoned? Should I ever be claimed? Should I ever be surrounded by fire and the flame? There's a name I will remember. We forget that name a lot of times, don't we, when we're in trouble. Let's remember that name, amen? So a wife invited a family over to have dinner with her family towards the end of the week. They were at church, and they invited their family over, and this, fa- this family. And that evening, that, that whole day, she prepped and cooked, and she, uh, the family came, and she was putting everything out. Everybody got sat down at the dinner table, and she had a little six-year-old little girl, and she said, as they were all sitting there, she said, baby girl, why don't you say the blessing, say thanks, say a prayer to the Lord for our food today. She said, Mama, I don't know what to say. She said, well, just say what Mama always says. So they bowed their head, and the little girl said this, Dear Lord, why did I invite these people over here tonight? Amen. Be careful what you say, because your kids are listening. Amen. That has nothing to do with this message. But I thought it was funny. So at Thanksgiving coming up, make sure you don't say nothing to peculiar with your family coming around. Dear Lord, I hate my brother-in-law. My goodness, Lord. Oh, you can't say that. All right. Not you, Joey. You're my brother-in-law. I don't hate you, man. I love you, man. I do. I love you. All right. So we just came out of an awesome time of worship. Amen. How I many of you know that worship is a time where we express our love and our thanks to God, we express our heart to Him on how we feel about the Lord. Amen? So the message I'm going to preach to you today is not my own. I heard this message about three years ago. Pastor Robert Morris preached it, and I've been wanting to preach it, and it's an appropriate time to preach this message. So if you like it, then it's because him, and if you don't, it's because of me. So there you go. Uh, Turn with me to Luke chapter 17, if you would. Luke chapter 17. We are in the week of what? Thanksgiving. So we're going to talk about Thanksgiving a little bit today and about giving thanks. Today's sermon is called Thanksgiving Expressed. Expressing our thanks is a large part of showing our love to God. Amen? So when we give thanks to the Lord, it's an expressive thanks. So uh, Luke 17, and we're going to start in verse... 11, and we'll read through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing, we're talking about Jesus here, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. I want you to remember that. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And he lifted up, and they lifted up their voices And they were saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him Thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. 
When Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? The other nine, they uh, uh, believe they were, I'm assuming they were Jewish because this other one was a Samaritan. And he said to him, rise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, the line made you well at the end of that verse is a Greek word called sotso. Say sotso. Sotso, it means saved you. It has saved you. It's the same Greek word we find in Romans 10, 13, where it says, uh, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be sotso, saved, or made well, or made whole. So this guy gets healed, uh, and then he comes and he expresses his faith, and Jesus says that your faith has saved you, or it has made you completely whole, not only physically, but spiritually. Your faith has made you whole. It's made you well. It's an amazing passage of scripture. This guy expresses his love to the Lord. Now, we all want to do this, don't we? We, we, we? we want to worship God. We want to express our heart to him. Of course, everybody wants to be a worshiper. But let me ask you, what caused this guy to really express his love? What caused him to do that? I want to, I want to show you three things about being thankful in this passage of scripture today. Three things I want to show you. First, number one, gratitude produces worship. I'm going to say that again. Everybody, everybody read that. You ready? Gratitude produces worship. This guy worshiped. It says in verse 15 and 16, it says, then one of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back. Praising God with a loud voice. And he go, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. He said, thank you, Lord. Yeah. Woo, I'm healed. Amen. I'm healed. Amen. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet. He didn't just walk up and go, thanks, dude. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. So he's expressing his love to Jesus for what he has done in his life. But listen, I don't want you to focus so much today on the outward thing because I want to focus on the inward part of you right now. Because, you know, we can go through the motions. We can jump and we can, ah, and we can do all those things. But if it's not coming from the inside, you're just doing the thing. You're just, you're just making a lot of noise. But if you can get it on the inside... If you can get gratitude in your heart, mm, mm. earlier I said, I know that we all want to be worshipers, but what is it that produces worship? It's gratitude. It's thankfulness. This guy gets healed. Now think about this. He's healed from leprosy. Let me ask you something. Was it appropriate what he did? Was it? It's not a trick question. Yes, it was. It was. But let me ask you this. Was it scripturally appropriate? Let's, let's, let's check it out here. Let's see. Does scripture encourage shouting? Does scripture encourage falling on your face before the Lord? 
We've discussed this many, many times from this pulpit. Pastor Donnie's preached it. Pastor Chad's preached it. Sharissa has got up and spoken it before. We've all talked about it up here, about the seven Hebrew words of praise. But I think we need to constantly be reminded of those ways to praise. But I want to give it to you a little bit differently today. I want to tell you the Hebrew words, and I want to tell you what they mean in thanksgiving. The word todah, say todah. Todah is a thanksgiving choir, or can even be translated as thanksgiving. So this Thursday, you can go have your todah turkey. Okay? You can have that. The word barach. Barach. Say barach. You can go ahead and get that out of your throat. Swallow that. Whatever you need to do. Barach is to kneel in thanksgiving, to bow, to bow down before the Lord. Tehillah, to sing a song of thanksgiving. Say Tehillah. Don't say tequila, because if you do that, you will be singing a song, but it won't be thanksgiving. Tehillah. Halal. Say halal. halal. To give thanks by being clamorously foolish. That just like, see, that's like that right there. That's halal. That's halal. It's where we get the word hallelujah from. Hallelujah. I could say hallelujah in Polish. Hallelujah. It's anywhere you go. That word's up everywhere. Spanish. Hallelujah. Or El Hallelujah. I don't know. Hallelujah. Crystal, help me out, Crystal. All right. Don't get Crystal started. Okay. She says I'm 132nd Hispanic because I was born in Laredo. Anyway. I'm 132nd Hispanic because I was born in Laredo. Anyway. So I'm cool with that. Yada, say yada. It means to give thanks with hands lifted. With our hands lifted. Zamar, say zamar. That's to give thanks with a musical instrument. Cade does zamar and he goes to Lamar. That's easy to remember. Easy to remember. Zamar on, a, on instruments. Shabbat. Say it. There you go. It's to give thanks with a loud tone, with a shout. Give a Shabbat. Somebody give a Shabbat right now. Bless you, Lord. Give a Shabbat to the Lord. Now, I want to tell you there is a verse in the Bible that gives four of these out of the seven. One verse. And you know that verse very well. Turn with me to Psalms 100, verse 4. 100 verse 4. This verse contains, did I give you that one? I didn't. That's okay. That's okay. Psalms 100 verse 4 says this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Now that word thanksgiving is toda. That means a thanksgiving choir. And his courts with praise. That is Tehillah, singing praises. And then it says, give thanks to him. That is yada. That means lift your hands. And it says, and bless. That word bless is to bow before him. Bow before his name. Bless his name. So what I want to do is I want to read it to you with the definitions in this passage. You ready? Enter his gates as a thanksgiving choir. 
and into his court singing praises. Be thankful by lifting up your hands and bless him by bowing before his name. Mm. I just want to see my friends and say, thank you, Jesus. That's all I want. You ain't got to ruffle my feathers or nothing right now. Come on. Express your thanks to God. Express your thanks. You know the reason why a lot of people don't worship expressively? It's because they're not thankful. That's one reason. But there's another reason too. And this, this could be an excuse, but I want to lay your excuse aside today. Some of you is because maybe your daddy didn't love you or tell you I love you. Or maybe your family wasn't a hugging family. So you say our families didn't express they didn't express their love, and so I'm not used to expressing my love because I come from a dysfunctional kind of family. Hold on, I'm there. I'm there. Hang on, hang on. I want to tell you something today. Listen to me. If you're born again, you're in a new family. You got adopted into the family of God. Your daddy, he ain't dysfunctional. He loves you. And you can express your love to him. Do you know that you're now, if you're a born-again Christian, you are the bride of Christ? Your husband is not dysfunctional. Your spiritual one. Now, your physical one, you might be, have a dysfunctional husband. But that's between you, him, and the Lord. Y'all need to work that out, all right? Men, show your love. Show your love. Don't be dysfunctional. That's a whole other message. We don't go there on that one. Don't use it as an excuse. You're not in that kind of a family anymore. You're in the family of the most high God who set you free and took your sin and he loves you and he gave his all for you. You don't have to live that way anymore. Just say, thank you, Lord. I'm not the same as I used to be. God has set you free. I'm not preaching this today to get you to move and make a bunch of noise. I want to speak to the, the spirit inside of you, a revelation of thanksgiving that will awaken you. And will cause you to outwardly express your love to God without reservation. Because when you become truly aware in your spirit of God's goodness. And your thankfulness arises in you. Nobody will have to ask you to lift your hands. When you become thankful to God. Nobody will have to ask you to give a shout to God. When you become Humbled by God's love and his mercies that are new every morning. Nobody will have to ask you to bow a knee before the Lord. You will respond out of your heart and say, oh God, you've been so good to me. You love me, Lord, and you take care of me. You'll become so overwhelmed by gratitude. You will worship. So number one, gratitude produces worship. But what produces gratitude? Number two, miracles produce gratitude. Miracles produce gratitude. Let's go to verse 15. Can you go back to verse 15? It says this. It says, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back praising God with a loud voice. A lot of people don't understand the extent of this miracle. The reason is, is because a lot of people don't understand leprosy. Can I explain leprosy to you a little bit? Leprosy is a disease that they thought for years caused your flesh to just rot away. 
But in the 1950s, they discovered that that wasn't all true. There was a doctor who did major research on leprosy, and this is what he discovered. Leprosy causes your nerve endings to deaden where you cannot feel pain. You can't feel any pain. And so people who had this would accidentally hurt themselves, would wound themselves, and their flesh would get a sore. Okay? And they didn't know it because they couldn't feel it. But here's the other thing that they found out. Now, this is kind of gross. So hang on. Back in the days of Jesus, when this happened, when they would lay down to sleep at night and they had these sores, rats would come and would eat on their open wounds. But they couldn't feel it. And this would cause their flesh to rot away. A lot of it would. Now, there is a part of the disease that does help that rot begin to take place also, but most of the wounds aren't caused from that. And we don't know much about it today because there's uh, medical cures for it. Medicine has helped. Help where people don't have leprosy. But in Jesus' day, there was no cure. Think about it for a second. I want you to, I want you to really take, take a moment and just think about this in your mind. Think about yourself or a person back in those days that had leprosy. They couldn't keep a job. They couldn't have a job because they couldn't be around people. Leprosy was very contagious. It was a contagious disease. So they couldn't provide for the family. And what's, what was really bad about that is they couldn't even be around their kids. They couldn't love them. They couldn't hug on them. They couldn't kiss their babies goodnight. They couldn't go to their ball games or play with them outside. They couldn't be around their spouse, the one they love, the one they want to hold tight close to them and kiss their lips. They couldn't be around them. In fact, they couldn't be around anybody that was healthy. In fact, they couldn't even be in town they were outcast because they had this disease and they were put on the outskirts of town in a little community of other lepers who were rotting and stinking and dying. They had no family, no life, nothing there for them. And if, if somebody was passing by who didn't have leprosy, it was a law that if they didn't see you and you were getting close to them, you would have to shout out, unclean, unclean, to let them know to get away from you. Unclean. You were unclean. Let me ask you something. If you had leprosy, think about it for a second. If you had leprosy, they took you away from your family. You couldn't provide for them. You couldn't love on them. You couldn't take care of them. But then one day, 
Jesus passed by. And he healed you. Let me ask you something. If you raise your hand and say, I would fall at his feet and I would shout. And I would say, thank you, Jesus, for healing me. If that's you, raise your hand. I got you. I got you. Because if you're born again, that was you. You were dying in your sin. You, were, you had leprosy, spiritual leprosy, and it was killing you. And you were bound for hell, separated from anything that could love you. But God, but Jesus came, but Jesus came and cleansed you and healed you. And you aren't sick anymore. I don't think you heard me. But Jesus came and he cleansed you and he healed you. And now you can be around people that love you. You can bask in the love of the Lord. And when you leave this world, heaven will be your home. Amen. Amen. Can can I get a man to just say bless the Lord in here? Can I get a lady to say bless the Lord in here? Can I get anybody to say, bless you, Lord, in here? Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. You have a reason to express your thanks to God. Each and every day, unashamed. Some of you might get worried. You might think, well, what is so-and-so going to think about me? What if somebody's looking at me? Oh, I don't want to lift my hand. Somebody might see me do it. What are they going to think? They might, look, they might look at me and say something. Let me tell you something. By doing that, it might cause them to say, whatever that person has, I want that. But I want to tell you this too. You're not doing it for them anyway. We're not doing it for them anyway. We're doing it for him, amen? I am unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If they knew what God delivered you from, they'd know why you got your hands lifted up. If they knew what God saved you from, they'd know why you're shouting unto the Lord. If they knew what God gave you and what he's done in your life, they would know why you're bowing before the Lord. But even if they don't, it doesn't matter. Who knows? They can see you and think they aren't ashamed. I won't be ashamed either. And you might say this, well, if Jesus was actually here, and he did pass by. I would do that. I would, I would shout and I would bow my face before the Lord. And I, I would say, thank you, Lord. I would do it if he was here. Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered in my name. Is anybody here gathering in his name, in Jesus' name today? Okay, we got more than two or three. What does it say at the end? I am among them. Who's among them? In this place. Bad boy, bad boy. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when he comes to you? He's here. He's in this place. Amen? Don't be ashamed. Bow before him. Praise him. So, gratitude produces worship. And miracles produce gratitude. But what produces miracles? Obedience produces 
miracles. If you go back to verse 14, Jesus said this. It says, when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And what does it say? And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, they could have said this. Jesus could have said, go show yourself to the priest. And they could have looked and said, um, you got to heal us first before we can go to do that. Because we ain't supposed to do that because we ain't supposed to go see the priest until we're healed. And you can see this all throughout the Bible, obedience in this. Exodus at the Red Sea, Moses is there. And God says, Moses, lift up your rod, lift up your staff, right? And Moses could have easily turned around and went, hey, you see that Egyptian army right there? And you want me to lift a stick up in the air? Come on, man. But he did. And what did God do? Parted the waters. Dry ground. Walked across on dry ground. Amen. And what about Joshua when they come to the river Jordan? Before they go into Jericho. It says that the river was at flood stages. How many of you have seen a river at flood stages? When things are washing through the river, it's crazy. And what does he tell them to do? He says, put your foot in. Put your foot in. Joshua could have easily said, um, Lord, you remember the Red Sea thing? You're going to part that first, right? No. Put your foot in. And when he put his foot in, guess what happened? subsided and the waters opened and they went across if you obey God he will do the miracle what about giving God if you give me enough money I'll give God says no you give and you'll have enough you give and I'll take care of you You know what happens is we get fear in our mind. We we get the personal opinion of the world in our brain and fear sets in. But we aren't to act on fear. We're to act on faith. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 10, 5 through 6. I'm almost done. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 through 6. I want you to listen to this. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And take every thought captive to obey Christ. Being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. When your obedience is complete, it it punishes the disobedience. It says, "Uh uh-uh, you don't have any authority. That's it. I'm walking in faith. I got a little change in my pocket going jingle-lingle-lingle. There's clout with the Lord because of obedience before the Lord. Human opinion many times can cause our minds to doubt, to fear, and to become ungrateful ungrateful 
Instead of us grappling about our land taxes, we should be thanking God that we got land. Instead of grappling about our internet not working, we ought to be thanking God we got electricity for that internet to work. Instead of grappling about getting a flat tire, we ought to thank God we got a vehicle to drive down the road. Thankful because God has blessed us and God takes care of his people. God speaks, we obey. We obey, God does miracles. When God does miracles, it makes us grateful. And when we're grateful, we will worship. Amen. Thanksgiving should not just be a one-day holiday. It should be thankful every day, every day, that God is who he says he is, and he takes care of his people. Amen? Sharissa, would you come? How many of you today can say that the Lord has been good to you? I'm not going to give an invitation today. I want us to just worship a little bit. I want us to sing a worship song before we leave here. A song of worship to the Lord. And I want us to stand up and listen. I don't want you to worry about who's around you. I want you to right now, close your eyes with me just a minute. Would you close your eyes? Because when we close our eyes, we can kind of focus in. I don't want you to think about where you're fixing to go or where you're going to go eat lunch at or what you've got to do later this evening. I want you to stop right now. And I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about where you used to be. I want you to think about where God has brought you from. How far he's brought you through every valley, every mountaintop that he's carried you over. I want you to think about every meal that you ever ate and put in your mouth. Think about every mile that you've driven down the road, every night that you slept in a bed. I want you to think about your children, your grandchildren, your family. Think about your church. Think about your job. Think about the provision of the Lord. But mostly what I want you to think about is think about where you would be if it were not for Jesus today. Think about what he saved you from. He's wiped all of your sin away. All those addictions that you had are under the blood of Jesus. And he still desires to break the chains in your life. And chains can be broken and lives can be changed continually if we remember to give him thanks and to praise him and to surrender and to be obedient and to be grateful. And as we're obedient and as we're grateful, the miracles will happen in our lives and we'll have a heart to worship. And even if things aren't going great one day, you still lift up your hands and say, God, I'm still breathing, Lord. I'm still here. You're still taking care of me, God. You still love me. And even if I die and breathe my last breath, I'm going to stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and I'm going to be in heaven forever and ever and ever you today have a reason to be thankful. Express your thanks. Don't be ashamed to express your gratitude. Right now where you are, 
If you've been ungrateful and you've had an ungrateful spirit, I want you to ask God right now to cleanse you and to forgive you and set you free. Can you do that? And when you do, then I want you to just start thanking him right where you are. Open your mouth. If you've got to open your mouth, just start saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for taking care of me, God. Thank you, God, for giving me that woman that I don't deserve, Lord. Thank you, God, for giving me children, Lord, but I didn't know if I was going to have any, God. You bless me, God, and that they're growing up. Thank you, God, when I'm able to come in here and worship you with my friends and my family, God. Thank him. Stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet. Unashamed. Unashamed. Go ahead, Sharissa, sing a song.